Hello, welcome to episode number 217 of the Epilogue Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by BetterHelp.com. Get affordable, private, online counseling anytime, anywhere. Talk with a licensed professional therapist online today. You can get a seven-day free trial by going to BetterHelp.com slash and use the code word Apologue when you sign up for a seven-day free trial. Did I say that twice? I did. Okay, I'm sorry. Thanks to everybody shopping on Amazon. You can support the show just by going to appalock.ca slash Amazon or appalock.ca slash US Amazon. And you can do the old-fashioned way, too, by going to appalock.ca and click on those banners located on the right side and look at your country. And every time you shop on Amazon, you're supporting the show. and costs you no extra money. And uh, you can bookmark all those links and do all that good stuff. Okay? Support the show. Cost no extra money. Did I say that? I'm doing twice things today. Thanks to uh, my supporters of Patreon. You too can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. And you can cancel at any time. Go to appalog.ca slash shop and buy a t-shirt. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. It's very helpful. Like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pod, And follow me on Twitter at simonhead666. Today on the show, I have Chuck Daly. Chuck and I go back to the late 90s, possibly the early 2000s. Chuck and I know a lot of the same people. We've worked with a lot of the same uh, people in the business, and uh, we both play bass. I actually saw Chuck was playing with iMother Earth. iMother Earth played our venue, the venue I work at. We hooked up and said, hey, let's do the podcast. And so we did it, and we had a nice, awesome chat. It was very nice, good talk to you. Uh, Chuck is just one of those one in a million dudes who's always, he's happy. He's happy with what he's doing, where he's, you can tell he's comfortable with life. And that's ve- it's very good to know and inspiring to know that musicians aren't always all crazy. Okay, here he is, Chuck Daly on the Applog Podcast. It's good to see you again, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know we didn't talk for like five years and then I see you at a gig and now we're talking like two days later. So that's good. Yeah. I listened to your Dave Bedini one, which was really fun. Yeah. And the contrast between your Dave Bedini interview and Nori is like, it's night and day, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Nori is so hyper, right? Like, yeah, totally you with them. Like you're you guys together. It's it's really good. Like yeah, really really good. Yeah yeah. Greg and I go back. Like we've been yeah. We toured together. We we were friends. We worked. You know what I mean. We worked together with uh, that band Some Forty One and stuff. So we have a pretty good rapport. Um, and it wasn't always that you know because he was he's he was he was the manager of a band, his favorite band, and I was the tour manager of that band. And sometimes we didn't see eye to eye. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that that's what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, it, yeah, sometimes we uh, had opposing points of view. Well, so, that's that's the job, though, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. And so you have a discussion. <laughs> I know. Well, it's not really a discussion when the boss says, you know, what the boss says, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm a boss too. 
<laughs> that was 20 years ago. I wonder how I'd react. I think I'd be a different person. I mean, we're different people now, right? Like when, when you started playing in bands, when you're 20 something years old, could you even imagine like, like being now and going, Oh wow, we've been, we've been doing this a long time. Aging is not necessarily a bad thing in this, this era, you know, in this profession. Well, yeah, you guys talked about that a lot musically. And it was funny because I've, something of that greg you guys talked about um how he feels really mature now as a musician and he can just play things he hears and stuff right mm -hmm. and he feels like he's in his prime as a musician and something that killed me that he did a long time ago he did i don't know if it was i can't remember what magazine it was for it might have been toronto life a long feature on him and it was about his success with some 41 and his new management company and stuff and one of his like main quotes that they highlighted, like used up half the page and made it in bold prints was um, something along the lines of your, your, you only write great songs when you're in like your early twenties. That's the only time you're going to be any good. Right. And it, and it's always been on my, like, it's always been bugging me ever since I, so to listen to him say, I feel like I'm in my prime musically. It was like, he's changed his mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? Age will do that. It'll make you think things like out, out a little better. You know, I, I always said, you know, because when, when I started playing in bands and sort of getting some sort of notoriety, I was in my thirties. So, yeah. so it's in, and we're both, I mean, I think both of us were in our thirties at the time when uh, we became you, you guys more in Canada and us more sort of like across the water, but yeah, my my opinion about it is that people get better at what they do when they get when they do it longer. I mean, that's just a normal part of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, sure, I play like an old man. Keep up. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like, I mean, yeah. For obviously, with bass playing and 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 playing music in general, is you find your way of doing it, and your way is your way of doing it, and your way. You're not going to be going and looking at like bass players bi-weekly and see like what's the cool new thing you know what i mean because or are you i maybe i maybe i'm projecting like well i, I am trying to learn every wolfpack song right now everything that joe dark plays i'm trying <laughs> to figure out that's right? pretty awesome stuff by the My, way myself as a musician I, I always want to get a gig that's really challenging right yeah. like the mothers are writing songs right now and i said to jag i, I really hope these are super hard to play mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> So that it's something to do with my brain right i get really bored really fast right? yeah so. yeah well yeah to, to, but the whole thing about having a comfort zone of where what your base your 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 leveling point of where you start from isn't when you were like 20 because when no. you, were, you know when you were 20 you were still kind of learning to play like i've had a lot of conversations with people who play in bands now at an older age and it's not about learning how to play the instrument yet now. It's about just learning the songs and, and sort of putting your style into it. And that's 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 pretty cool stuff. Well, I feel like I'm the opposite way. I'm always just trying to learn new stuff on my instrument. Mm -hmm. Like constantly. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I do. And I, my Instagram now is all just players. It's all guitar players. I've like washed everything out of it. Mm -hmm. And now I just sit there and watch all the best guys in the world play, which is like, was surprising to see nam happen this year and see that it's all those guys it's basically it's all youtube musicians and instagram musicians and bedroom guitar players that are demoing everything now it's not the label guys the label some of the label guys are still there but they're old and they're gray and they're just signing autographs wow, right? wow. yeah <laughs> yeah it's well we're in a different era too now when it comes to my son 
plays guitar, and I haven't taught him a note. Awesome. I haven't taught him how. Oh. To, he was just playing a "Day in the Life" by the Beatles upstairs, just like ten minutes ago. And I'm like, yeah. uh, you know where he learned it? YouTube. The internet. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube taught him. I've always said that, but you know what? It's funny. Like a guy, like um, a guy, Dave Z in the Salads, always says that he wishes he could play like he did when he was in his twenties, because yeah. that's when he was his fastest. That's when he played his best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. And that's when we all sort of played our hardest. And I don't think if I played that hard back then, I would be able to have walked into a band like the Mothers and been able to do that, right? Like, yeah, no, you—that's a good point. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the salads because that you know you guys definitely opened up sort of things in the in the that sort of bands can. I don't know, like it was that early, late '90s, right? Late '90s. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we put out our first record in like '98. Yeah, yeah, and then our and then our big hits were all on a record in 2003, right? Like that was the like Get Loose and Roth Kung Fu, all that stuff came out in the early 2000, like right when the industry was falling apart. With our record <laughs> came out, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Good timing. Yeah, that was perfect timing. It's funny. I put my first real record out in 2003 too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Because we uh we did all those things. Like we did all the things. I had a completely finished record. We had two video like I had already done the videos for Get Loose and Roth Kung Fu. We hadn't released anything yet and we were shopping for deals mm -hmm. at the time. And um everybody had us in their office, but nobody could actually offer us a deal. Like the like at Denise Donlin had just started running Sony, Sony music. Yeah. And uh I had her on the phone um, and she said, five years ago, you guys, it would be a brainless thing. We just put this out. It gets huge. And we, we just do this for the next 10 years. Right. And uh, but now I've been given this job that I thought was going to be fun and cool like that. And I can only offer you guys a development deal because now we're trying to sell airplanes without wings. <laughs> and And all I'm doing is firing people. Right. Like. Yeah. And I was like, but we don't need a development deal. It's already, everything is done. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. totally. <laughs> we just want to get out there. So, yeah, it was crazy time. Well, I mean, some 41 started in the same thing. And what they did is they, they, they sort of paid for everything. I mean, they, yeah. they, they kind of just, they were never a hindrance on any labels any, at all. Like, that's why they were on a label for, and they still are on labels. They're not on a major label. But, I thought they signed a deal because they chose their deal. I heard this in an interview once. They chose the guy that had the biggest credit card. That's that's somewhat true. <laughs> somewhat true. Because I was part of the whole. They were um they were showcasing and everything sort of early two thousands. And yeah, uh, we had all the same people coming to see us. Yeah. we were a similar type of band. Yeah, and they were saying if some some forty one's going to sign, you guys are going to get signed too. So we're watching you and like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was what? it was kind of true. I mean. They were meeting with people who, who would take them out, and I wouldn't be part of the, the transpirings. But uh, okay. it was always like a, a, a crazy night of you know somebody would put their credit card down, and it'd be all this money spent. And they were like eighteen-year-old kids. I mean, they weren't even I allowed love to that. be I love in the bars. Stories, yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> and and then uh, a different time. Totally. But what what they ended up doing pretty wisely is figuring out that for uh, for them to take money in advance to pay for a tour bus and a big crew and and all the expensive stuff that it wasn't a good, it yeah it was a really bad idea because 
there was an image to portray and their image was we're just kids from Ajax and yeah. kids from Ajax don't drive around in big tour buses with five crew. And, yeah. and so let's hire one guy in his thirties, <laughs> this guy, let's, <laughs> let's take them all over North America and let's, let's make them into um, accredited musician punk rockers. And that's yeah. exactly what they did. Like they toured everywhere yeah, in a van yeah. with a crew of one, and they really didn't get into a bus until I quit. It was the day after I quit. They got in a tour bus. It was quite literally the day after I I quit. Oh my and, god! Yeah, they were trying to torture me somehow. <laughs> but yeah, see ya. yeah, see ya. We got a tour bus, and the, and I left Treble Charger to go work for for some forty one, and their tour after the was a tour bus tour as well. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck. It was like really, you know, when you're in the traffic, you know, I think this lane's faster. You get in that, and then all of a sudden, and it stops. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll make it left into this lane. And then, you know, the same idea, just getting sort of like held up. But we toured a van for like over two years, and they made something out of it. And that, I'm pretty proud of them for that, you know, like uh, as just as musicians, that they, they, they did something. Yep. Yeah. That is super cool. I, I, it's funny because at the same time, my idea for our band was um, I was, before we put out our full day to be record, I was thinking, let's uh let's create an image on this because um grant's dad or drummer's dad worked for frank stronach and frank stronach had private jets and Ooh. great big like this mr burns type estate like he kind of owns aurora right <laughs> <laughs> uh i was at the time i was like let's get our ourselves walking out of private jets with our lo band logo on the side of it and and let's get us coming at, like we're having our food and rehearsing in Frank's like castle and stuff like that. And then we're going to go shop it for a deal. Yeah. And when we get that deal, the label is going to have to sustain this lifestyle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I just watched, have you seen the fire? Uh, yes. Fire festival movie. Ooh. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. Oh, right? really? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. He created this image. And then at the end of it, it was like, well, the guy's actually only worth 60 grand, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I didn't make that mistake, right? <laughs> like, so there would have had to be all this fraud and money laundering to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, man. Yeah, that, no, that, that's definitely, fault. you know, that, that shit just, it does, it ends up coming out in the wash. You yep. know what I mean? Like, if, for instance, if there's a specific band that we worked with in the 90s or were played with, um, they weren't the ones, the ones that were assholes were always the ones that sort of crashed and burned. Yeah, well, yeah, you got to be a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. You have to write good songs, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to be a really good songwriter and to be an asshole in this industry, I, I feel. You know, it's, it's a tough... Um, it's tough to sustain assholeness in Canada. Really is. It's really <laughs> well, it's is so small, right? Yeah. Like, like you and me, I ran into you at the theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where I work. Do the same. Yeah. yeah. And, and we've known each other for God, almost 20 years now. I feel something like that. It's yeah. been a long time, you know? Yeah. I'm, I watched you go gray. Yeah. And me, you, I saw you get all beardy. <laughs> yeah. And gray. And, and, it is an amazing thing though that you're still you know you're still playing you're still in bands you're still you're still enjoying it you know i can see in your face that you enjoy doing what you do and yeah that's kind of rare i mean when you look at it I, there's another guy i know who has a similar approach his name's greg smith he used to play in the weaker thans i meet he, this guy yeah he has that same sort of like he's a bass player too 
has a similar outlook on music and, you know, and you don't seem to suffer from it. You know what I mean? Like you're not jaded or are you, are you just hiding it? I'm, I'm somewhat jaded, but, it, but I think, aren't we all like, doesn't that happen when we're old? Isn't that what Facebook is all about? Is like people going on and complaining Yeah. about everybody's jaded right at this age. But you know, I, I had this talk with I mother earth um, just like a week ago in a dressing room somewhere. And we were talking about, um, cause our keyboard player is only 23 years old yeah. and, uh, and, and I'm about 10 years younger than the rest of the guys in the band and I'm in my forties. Right. <laughs> and so it's, we were all talking about how, um, we're actually all super grateful to be doing it because yeah. we didn't, um, none of us as kids ever thought past like 35, maybe or 40, like right. we never, I never had a dream that reached that far. Wow. Right. So yeah. when you get to 40 and you're still doing it, it's like, whoa, like <laughs> yeah. it's still happening. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you start to feel pretty grateful and just want to be able to keep playing. And that that's why we're doing the theaters now is we want to because there's 5000 of those in the country. And, it, and, if, and if it can work, then we can play all the time. Right. And that's that's true. And there's there's a nice catalog of music. Thy Mother Earth, you know, like a few records and a few good records, you know, and a successful records. And, yeah. you know, and now that Edwin's back, that was sort of a weird transition, like in the, when Edwin left and started his career, his solo career. And then our mother is still kind of carried on with the, there's one or two different singers. It, it sort of, I th felt there was just one. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said they're the Van Halen of Canada, right? But... <laughs> it's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. And, and you know, what they realized is that, well, we're stronger as a, as a unit now with in this configuration. Yeah, well, it's the thing I think is super cool. Like I said, we're the Van Halen, but something that we're doing that Van Halen never would do, and it came out first with Ed saying, why don't we do Summertime in the Void, which is a Brian song, mm -hmm. right? So he was willing that that'd be like David Lee Ross saying, let's do something off 5150, yeah. right? Which is never just going to happen, right? So it was really this like, Wow, there's no ego here and so the band is also doing um like the shows we're doing on this one we're doing one of ed's songs from his records right which yeah. is is really cool man i think it's really really cool i'm i'm sort of i'm just a hired gun so i kind of have a front seat to all of this but and you can be separated from it too a little bit like you can kind of like say all right well there's politics in bands like like all politics they are they're everywhere but you can kind of sort of take a back seat and go, okay, let's see how this folds out because they're going to make good decisions and, and it's, yeah. it's going to be good I used, decisions. I used to have opinions. I stopped. Instead, I head out on my longboard for the day and show up for the show, right? Like, <laughs> Life's too short. <laughs> yeah. It was also, I realized, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not, because every band I've ever played in, I've kind of run the band. Yeah. I've been a huge part of running the band. Right. And it, and it's and so to jump into something like this and I'm not, it was really hard to figure out how to step back. Right. Like, really? So, yeah, I would yeah. find it pretty like, I mean, same thing. I, I played bass in a band this summer and uh, just a higher gun. I was tour managing at the same time. But for me, musically, it was like, oh, this is great. I what you just want me to show up and, and play some music and yeah. laugh and yes. have a few drinks and then go home that. Okay, I can do that. I'm really good at doing that. I'm usually be like, okay, so we got to do this, do that, get this thing together, do that, do this. It's like, it's too much. It's too much aggravation, you know. Yeah. Well, when I did start playing with the mothers, I also was tour managing the band as well. Really? 
and I found myself, um, I think we were doing New Year's with Our Lady Peace out in Regina or something at a casino. And, uh, and I was dealing with some sort of alcohol issue or something. And then some people that had guest list passes got really upset about it and figured out that I was the guy to talk to because I was dealing with this alcohol thing. And I guess they overheard me. And, uh, and so they came over and they were sort of badgering me about it. And then I heard our intro music starting on stage oh, and I was like in a completely different part of the building. Right. But you could hear it in the speakers and the ceiling. And I, oh my God. And so I just ran and I ran through, I started, sorry, everybody. I just dropped everything and started running and ran through the crowd and just jumped up on the front of the stage. Cause the band's already standing there and I didn't have my bass guitar <laughs> and I'm just standing there going, oh my God. And then by the time I got my bass and started playing, I was in such a bad place that I realized, you know what? I just need to play. And so that was sort of my last day tour managing for the band. So that makes sense. I, I, I did, I tour managed and played bass, but I, I made sure I knew the music. I made sure I was just going to stay on stage and I made sure that we hired a sound guy to take care of stuff that I didn't need to. And, All right. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> I, it's funny you say casinos cause I had a very similar uh, thing with a casino on a new year show I did with this band and they were just, it was so funny how casinos just, they make so much money, like so much money per day off weak people that <laughs> heaven forbid to get a bottle of wine at New Year's. Like, oh, that's no, we don't do that. Like, it's like, really? <laughs> God forbid that, you know, they're too busy robbing poor people. Um, <laughs> to, to I don't get... know if I ever saw it that way. I think we had some sort of um, thing with our rider where we were trying to keep people from drinking but i needed to make sure that the alcohol was showing up at a certain time oh yeah 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 so it would show up while we're on stage so then then it's there afterward <laughs> right so. right now we had an issue with merchandise because like you know when you fly to a venue you have to schlep everything with you like merchandise is the biggest bag and it's usually your bag because you're the tour manager for some yeah, reason absolutely yeah so when you when you get on the plane and you pay extra money to get the bag on the plane and then you take it off and then you put it in the hotel and then you go to the venue and you get somebody to a vendor to set it up and then they leave they don't even sell <laughs> like yeah <laughs> what <laughs> okay. i was so mad i've never been so mad well i've been mad like i've been really mad but i've never been so like just dumbfounded like really like after all of this, after you know, it, yeah. you can't even, the guy's like, well, I'm on my break. I'm like, but the band's just finished. This is when people buy stuff. Like nothing I can do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we started our show at, at your theater the other night, my bass wasn't working. Oh, really? For me on stage. But I guess our sound, I have my bass set up that he gets a direct input no matter what. Yeah. And so I guess it was inside of my pedal board, but it was also a problem with my bass. So I've got all this stuff going on and it's sort of intermittently happening. And our tech, our guitar tech, our set was only an hour at this show. Yeah. And our guitar tech was nowhere to be seen. Oh, like I was looking around the stage, but where is he? And so I found another person. I just standing inside stage and I said, I need a nine volt because I thought my bass was dying and yeah. ran and got me one. And, but anyways, yeah, it never really did get corrected. But I brought all my gear home and I'm working on it now. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah, you know, I, I apologize, but it was like I had been there since nine in the morning that day. So I was like, I'll watch two or three songs and then from the booth and then I'm gotta go. 
Yeah, yeah, no worries. You were up there at Soundcheck. I was happy you were watching that. Yeah. yeah, I think at Soundcheck, you get a real vibe for what we're actually doing, and we're having a pretty good time. So. Yeah, totally. And Corey Shields yeah. on Soundboard, by the way. He was soundboarding. Yeah. Corey Shields, he's the man, man. Danko Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of good good talks with him about Danko, actually. He's, good. Yeah, he's a good dude. Like, I met, I saw him. So, it was so funny, like, seeing everybody there that day, because, like, I knew pretty much everybody but your lighting guy, and... The young guys, yeah. Yeah, the young guys, yeah. I didn't know I didn't know your tour manager, but I think I'd known him through like another PA company. But I like, do, yeah, yeah. He yeah. works with Mike Kerwin and those guys. Yes, yeah, so I know Mike, yeah, yeah, yes. from Frontier. But it was an interesting, weird sort of everybody I knew from different parts of my career or whatever. And it was like, <laughs> Oh, here is everybody. These are we're all here, you know, and, and why wouldn't you be? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well I work with David Wilcox too, so I've got like I've uh, yeah. Everywhere I go, it's I see the same people, everywhere. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's like you can't. Being an asshole will not take you very far in Canada. Yes, that's right? there's yeah. a certain amount of few crews that you see come around. You're like, yep, don't want you coming back. And you know, and it was so nice working with guys like you guys because you've been there and you've done it. Like John Farnsworth and I said that right, right? Yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Billy Brack and those guys are the epitome of cool dudes. Like they're yeah yeah just yeah. good those people. Those guys are awesome. We feel really lucky to have totally who we have. Yeah, you know, because how many disgruntled guitar players that tune guitars? How many more can you meet out there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. You know, a lot of that. Yeah. The ones that say I want, I need you to go ahead and like those guys. I'm, they're not my favorite guys. I don't like those guys. I need you to go ahead and and grab me something. You know or we had one crew come in that said uh, one of the guys had to go find a. He was looking for a caster because a caster blew off of uh, their the touring band's road case. Okay. And so one of our guys went look. He said, "I think I've, there's a caster down in the basement. We can replace it with." So he's rummaging around, and then their tour manager goes, "Where's this guy? Where's he's disappeared?" And blah 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 blah. And in perfect timing, the guy comes in with a caster in his hand to <laughs> give to the guy. Like, here you go. You can have this. I'm like, oh, because. <laughs> He's like, you need to ask permission of the crowd. I'm like, they're grown ass men. They're not asking permission to go to the bathroom. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, and working with Wilcox too. Like he's the ultimate been there, cool guy, never never had a problem. You know, I used to Oh, work he's with him so too. amazing. He, I've learned such incredible things from that man. Mm-hmm. I really have. He's he's just he's giving, he's thankful, he's he's sweet, he's an, an unbelievable musician totally yeah right and he's always improving i've been working with him for about a decade and he's always getting better right like yeah. <laughs> which is baffling. it's mind-blowing right yeah like, yeah he, but he's got that magic where he hits one note and it makes all my hair stand up all over my body and i don't know where it, what it is but i marvel at it every show i think we're all just very happy to be there with him yeah good crew there too with deb Doing sound. Yeah, it's Devin Billy Bracken again. Devin yeah. Billy Bracken back on the yeah. yeah 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 for sure. They uh and I worked with uh, Wilcox with James Dean and oh, yes. and who else was doing uh sound? I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Uh, I can't remember. But yeah, I was just guitar teching and James was tour managing and yeah, super fun. Like it was interesting because Wilcox is sort of part of my my brother's the music you'd hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for sure. <laughs> yeah see there you go that's crazy eh? we all work for the same people yeah 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 
So is there any chance of doing any salad stuff in the next uh, little while? Any well, I'm always, Darren and I are always talking about it. Grant and I were just talking about it yesterday. We were talking, he, he lives out in BC now, or drummer Grant, and he, uh, he's like really out in the wilderness. I can't remember exactly where, but I think the closest town is 20 minutes away and, and it, or 40 minutes away and it only has 4,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty far out there, but he sent me a message just yesterday. Where the fuck is my music, man? Where are you sending me more music? Oh, I don't wow. want to play. Right. <laughs> and I was like, what, what? Well, you send me some drums and I will write you some songs. Right. Like, <laughs> Oh, wow. That's so, so cool. You know, and then we just talked about, um, because he subs in with the finger 11 sometimes he went to Spain with them and, and he actually showed up on our spring tour and I didn't even know he was playing and he showed up and we were both playing in both bands, which was really, really, really super cool. Um, but he was talking about, um, how playing with the fingers, how he, because it's a heavy rock band and he hasn't done that for a long time since the salads that he just starts going off into his world. That is grant, which is, what we realized in our discussion yesterday that we were playing rock and roll as if it were jazz. Yeah. Right. Where we just improvise and just go for it, you know? And, yeah. uh, and um, he said, I didn't realize how good I had it because all I ended up doing was confusing those guys. Right. <laughs> like they were like, you have to stop doing that because you're just screwing us all up. Right. Like just play the damn song. Yeah. No right? jamming like, No, There's no jamming involved. Yeah, yeah, but with us, it was like that's not crazy enough, dude. Just play harder, play more. Yeah, right? like all the time. Yeah, right? yeah. It was, and so he said, "I've so now I realize how good I had it in that band where I could just play whatever I wanted. No right? one would but, judge. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, well, and was, we would just be like the better, the crazier, the the better. Right? Yeah, like, and there yeah. was always a difference between records and live with you guys. So there was always sort of like." It wasn't exactly like the record, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like, didn't yeah. have to be. Yeah, we came from the school of Fishbone and Living Color, and if I don't know if you've ever seen Living Color live, oh, yeah. but they Not never, live. yeah, they never play the songs like you hear them on the record. Like never, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> it's and we always loved that. You know, they became something else. So it's funny. I was uh, I was on tour with us in a few, and we're in Los Angeles, and we opened our hotel room door, and Vernon Reed was in the room right across from us, coming out of his oh, room cool. so like hey <laughs> whoa shit you're vernon reed and it was i was <laughs> and i was with mark balke and he was just equally almost a little bit starstruck too like whoa like both of us came out of the room at the same time and um and he goes yeah hey how you doing I'm like yeah, i'm great great and he goes what are you guys what are you doing in town and he goes um jamming with santana yeah amazing right <laughs> like, of course <laughs> you are no biggie <laughs> yeah, yeah no biggie yeah. you know no biggie yeah for sure <laughs> Did, <laughs> Did you guys ever try to make it in the state? Did you ever sort of like make the push? It's always the push with Canadian bands. Like you gotta push. Oh, uh, we definitely went with Warp Tour a number of times through the states. Yeah, and so we were we were trying in that in that capacity, and we were definitely selling songs to movies in Hollywood and things like that. But it never really nothing really ever happened for us in the states. We did sell a lot of records in Japan. But yeah. we never never went to Japan though. But uh, <laughs> one day there's always that. There's a day. There's a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Grant and I were talking about yesterday. Like we can always do this again if we want to, right? Like we can always do the salads if we want to. We just got to get Dave on board, right? Because there is no salads without of Dave. Of course, yeah. 
know. It's not that you have to now. It's because if you want to. That's a big difference in music. It's like, do we have to do this? You know what I mean? Because everybody's like, when music, when, say, the salads was your bread and butter, that was the thing, that was the machine that was sort of generating income for you and the people you worked with. Well, yeah. There's a sense of urgency, like, we have to, this is what we have to do. Oh, well, yeah, with the salads, I was always looking ahead in the calendar and adding up my rent for every month yeah. and all of my expenses and going, oh, my gosh, okay, March, I need to book four more shows. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or I need to sell a song. What am I going to do, right? So, yeah, you're right. It was always a sense of urgency all the time, right? And now it's just sort of like, you want to do this? Because it's really fun, yeah. right? So, totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's only better for the people that come to the show. It's, you know, and you, you, I'm sure you'd understand like playing a place, you're trying to break into a, the, the new market or something like we're, we're playing somewhere up north somewhere that hasn't had a show ever since whenever. And you're trying <laughs> to sort of break into this, the scene and you're playing to 20 people and you're a band that has sold records in Canada and you're a band that's sort of known and it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, in a way, cause you're up there. Yeah. You're wherever you are, you know, like, and, and you're trying to make a go of it. And people don't ap appreciate the fact because they don't get to see that part. Yeah. You know, Ed, that's it. It's interesting to have that conversation because Ed was talking to Edwin and I'm on the earth was talking about that, that sort of, he got the call from, from Jag and, and our management and I'm on the earth at the perfect time yeah. because he was said he was feeling tired of playing the please love me game. Yeah. You know, Crash Karma was doing well and they were getting radio play and selling records, but he was doing exactly what you said, where he's going up north and then there's kind of nobody there. And he's like, come on, love our band. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah. you're always working for that. So it felt like it was sort of perfect timing, I think, to yeah. be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, let's go play some music and have some fun. And right? celebrate like, the fact that you were a band, well, that I, I Mother Earth is a band that that has a, has a has a history, especially with the Canadian music industry in the yeah. scene you know like and it was anyway as you know i played in punk rock bands and i mother earth wasn't my favorite band but but who, who do you remember the name of the bass player that you were that the guy that played in the original because i'm pretty sure maybe check me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure he played in a band out of toronto called Rocktopus. yes that's that's bruce gordon that's who i replaced yeah. yes okay so i was thinking about this in my head going i know there's a correlation somehow there's a correlation to the early 90s and yeah. bruce is part of that and because yes. yeah yeah because we used to play with bands like big drill car and rocktopus would also play with the band so and and you know it was interesting because i think was it bruce and another guy from rocktopus started with part of i mother earth is this the history it, uh jeremy kelly was he part of rocktopus? i don't remember and he, played, and he played in the in edwin's band as well hmm. with edwin and the pressure and the crazy thing is when i moved out here to prince edward county the very first friends we made were Jeremy Kelly and his wife. Oh, really? And well, I, and I think Jeremy was part of Rocktopus because he was also part of Blue Man Group because Bruce, Bruce played in Blue Man Group as well uh, with Jeremy. And wow. that's how Bruce ended up in Florida because he followed Blue Man Group to Florida. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's cool. That's, that's really neat. Um, you know, it's worked a lot with, uh, with Blue Man Group was um, Raj Basutka, who was the sound guy for uh, um, I'm, uh, um, Our Lady Peace. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, wow. Not anymore, but he, yeah, he worked with hit with them and with Chantel and stuff like that. So, 
um, sound guy to the, you know, he went and worked for the Blue Man. When they came to Toronto, there was a huge, big disrupt disruption because Blue Man was inherently non-union. So okay. to move into a venue that wasn't that once was unionized, that mm-hmm. ended up being taken over by a non-union labor group uh, company. Ah, yeah. Woo! I, think I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's one of the very few shows that they closed that they've ever had. Yeah. Like, that they closed down, right? Because everything else just goes on forever. Like, yeah. when I first started doing the Mother's gig, they just needed a guy to rehearse because yeah. they got back together with Brian and Bruce. But Bruce, they were flying Bruce up from Florida. Um, but he's, he had Blue Man Group to do. And so he was only flying up to play the gigs. And oh. So they just wanted a guy to rehearse with them. So I was the guy rehearsing. And then when they wanted to play more and more and more, and then I got a call from Bruce, I can't do these gigs. Can you do them? And oh, okay, I guess so. Yeah. I guess I have to really learn these songs now, right? But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's somewhat flattering. I mean, like you know, to to sort of that is like I said, Canadian rock history, uh, royalty in a way. In a way, when it comes to a certain era. Yeah. 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 Those are some big shoes to fill, man. That guy plays crazy bass. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember him playing. Because I remember Octopus was sort of like, were they sort of like a Faith No More kind of thing? I I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, with Chili Pepper kind of bass. With yeah. Like flea bass. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were, they were. Did you see that thing? There was a Hard Times uh, um uh thing on Mike Patton's Run Out of Bands to Join. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> poor Mike. Poor Mike. No more bands for Mike. <laughs> um, so moving out to Prince Edward County, what was what was did you, what was the what was that like? I mean, because you moved from where were you? You were here in Toronto, right? Or in the well, Toronto, I stayed right? in the GTA always so that I could get to Toronto to work and play and gig and just do whatever gigs came up. So yeah, it was a big change. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, there, we moved out here partly because uh, the demographics. There are a lot of musicians and a lot of artists and a lot of people living here that do that sort of thing so i do have a great community out here mm-hmm. um and since it's such a small and since i think maybe it, because we're an island community um everybody's kind of connected and so i've kind of met everybody now and everybody's kind of working together to try to build stuff and i met and i volunteered at our local radio station and i don't know it's pretty good there's ways to find ways to make it work you know, it's it's true. I, I mean, when I'm, we moved to Uxbridge, which is an hour and a half out of Toronto, I felt like I was was kind of disconnecting myself from Toronto, and that's that's pretty healthy. I mean, to have to, I don't have to go there. You know what I mean? Like we, I, you know, it's tough though when someone's like, "Hey, my band's in town. You want to come see your band play?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I totally do." But chances of me getting them a car. Yeah, it's not happening. Pretty rare. I mean, you got it good now. So it's like, I can't, man. I'm too far away. So like, that's the I'm ultimate. Too far away. Well, my it's maybe, but as a guy that just plays music for a living, it's I dropped the ability to do just lower money gigs or or just a pickup gig. Where hey, man, can you come out Friday and do this gig? Are you available? Well, no. Yeah. Because that's all. That's gonna be all of my gas money, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah. And it's six hours of driving. So that became kind of a thing. So we're trying to build stuff out here. Really, the summertime is awesome out here, and there's tons of places to play. And got a new band I'm working on out here called Bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What kind of music? 
Cover? Um, it's actually with Jeremy Kelly. Oh, wow. Played nice. Rocktopus and Blue Man Group and stuff. And he's awesome. You can find him on iTunes. He put out a record that I did a little bit of production work on it when I moved here with him. I, I worked on his vocals with him. And I, I really love it. And I played at Sandbanks Music Festival with him. But I think we're just going to do kind of, and it's with Annalise Nerona. I don't know if you know Annalise. I don't know. But she's a music producer. She used to work at Manta Studios and she did all sorts of records there. Um, and so it's Annalise and Jeremy and I, and I think we're doing, see, we're, we've been discussing it. <laughs> I want to play like surf tunes and make crazy, um, surf songs out of like heavy metal tunes and stuff like that. Whereas they just want to kind of do some straight up covers and things. So I don't know, we're going to figure it out. Whatever is going to work and get us playing out here is what we'll do. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's, so yeah, I we should I should come out that way to uh see what it's like out there because you know, maybe one day we'll move. Like I mean, we're we're still stuck up here in a way because we have our, we're pretty entrenched. Like our family's all close to here and Well, that's awesome. Yeah, everybody's here. So uh Oxbridge is a beautiful town. We as you know, we tried to move there. We I know. Yeah. Broke my heart. Yeah. Broke my heart, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to play with Simon yeah. all the time. It's going to be awesome. The thing was where you were going to move was like three minutes from here. Yeah. Like in a car. Place, I could right? drive yeah. in three minutes. I could walk there in 10. And yeah. I was like, dude, this is going to be great. We're just Because you, 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 know, you record and produce, and I kind of do the same thing. It's like, we're going to have so much fun. And then you move somewhere else. Yeah. But you said the house was kind of dumpy, though, right? Like once you realized like you took a look at the house, or was that? Was that yeah, why? yeah. The the the. Yeah, we had inspections. We all we were about to buy it. We had an inspection, and the, the the first thing the inspector did was look in the attic and said, "Oh, this house has been on fire." <laughs> and then he went in the basement. Oh, none of these support beams are any good. Oh my God! I guess we're not living here, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sucks, but you know, it's probably better than the house collapsing in on you. So yeah, uh, yeah. true, true. <laughs> I think that's part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, isn't it? You need some shelter first. Yeah, before that's true. Before we can party. That's the reptilian part of your brain. That's the caveman in you. It's like, we need shelter. Otherwise, yeah. the coyotes will eat us. Yeah. <laughs> the koi dogs. Yeah. The koi dogs. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, yeah, yeah. They're all over the place up here, man. But you probably get way more wildlife than uh, than we do. You probably get more stuff. It's pretty amazing. That's part of, I live on a part in the in a part of the county called Big Island. Yeah. Um. So the Prince Edward County, county is already a, an island south of Belleville and then we're on the very north part and I chose this because it's the last place where there's kind of no tourism on this part of the island the rest of the island is tourism and we're and there's only one little road to get out to where we are but it's been incredible every day something happens we had an otter walking up our front lawn we had a I walked out one day and I thought is is that an eagle like right on our shoreline <laughs> And then it did that thing. I think there's a 30 Seconds to Mars song that starts with an eagle cry. And it started, <laughs> and it sounded exactly like that. Like on cue. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's stuff like that every day. Like, yeah. it's really incredible. Now I'm skating across the bay. And wow. I don't know. Living it's, life. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, you've, um, yeah. So I uh, like I said it kind of full circle. It's good to see that you're uh happy and healthy and Oh, uh, thanks. You yeah. too. Yeah, man. Like it's always good to talk to you and it's funny how we were 
we we spoke like what five or ten years ago it was like hey man this is gonna be great and then we it's so funny how life takes off right and you're like oh i haven't spoken to my friend chuck in a long time so yeah but i watch you doing hand claps on the internet <sighs> yeah patty cakes recording <laughs> recording with with mikey hot and yeah there's so. news on that but i can't say anything yet but i'll tell you when they shut the mics off there's awesome uh, awesome chatting and let's uh let's shut the mics off and talk more all right thanks a lot simon cool bud that was Mr. Chuck Daly. Yay. 217 episodes already, eh? Jesus. That's a lot of episodes. Thank you so much, everybody, for the week after week listening to the show. It's very helpful. Thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to go to Amazon. Uh, don't forget to go to Appalog.ca slash Amazon or Appalog.ca slash US Amazon. Shop on Amazon. Support the show. That's my radio voice. Support the show. It's been a it's been a long couple of years. It's been, a, it's been four years, four years of podcasting. It's a long time. It's, a, it's an, any sort of endeavor. I mean, like if I was a band, that's that's a long time to be in a band, right? Four years. I'm in my own band in the basement, making podcasts. And uh, actually, I'm getting an old friend back who uh, was gonna be on the podcast a lot, and uh, now he's coming back. I hope. I can't say it yet until I until I figure it out for sure. Um, but yeah, next week there's going to be a, a nice, fun episode, I hope. That's a tease. There you go. Okay, everybody. Have a nice week. Uh, I hope, uh, hope you enjoyed your Super Bowl match, your football match. And, uh, and I hope everything goes well with you and your life and your world. Okay? See you next week. Bye.